Towards the far post, Riften, Anton! Payne, Barisha, Diamante! Durante with a free header! And the honour of Western United's first A-League goal goes to a familiar face, Bessart, Barisha! It's Connor Payne on the left. Alessandro Diamante, the ball on a string and... Oh, Diamante! The Western service crew are celebrating. Welcome back to All That West, your weekly dose of all things Western United. The only fan podcast for Western United. Now, what a big week it's been, gents. CCM pretty much went swimming. Uh, Nick's actually got up, I think. And yeah, Adelaide did victory at home in front of probably the lo- like one of the lowest crowds victory has seen in a long time, bar the game against Wellington on a Wednesday. How many was there? Oh, it was 5 2 1. That's it was five two eighteen or something yeah, like that. Five two one seven, I think. But I'll take that in the other way. Yeah, oh, yeah. we're going to get that within three games. We ain't got no flex <laughs> after yesterday, which is uh, the game against Brisbane. But that's that's the fans voting with their feet and for victory there, which is pretty interesting. But uh, any highlights from the week, gents? Just enjoyed the fact or two games this week. We it's been a big one. It's been a pretty interesting watch for us. I beg the differ. I only enjoyed one. <laughs> I didn't, say it was oh, I didn't enjoy both games. I enjoyed the fact there were two games. Yeah. Didn't enjoy the results. Yeah, it wasn't great. But got there in the end. Sam Kerr. Pretty much won it for Chelsea. Look, I'm that's, too busy. That's the most Europe you've ever talked, spoken. Yeah, I know. Look, if we're going to talk Europe, I'm just going to say North London Derby. Oh, yeah. That was a good goal. F the spuds. <laughs> it was a good goal followed by a good red card from him. Do you like how I knew about that and mentioned it in the group chat? Well, yes. she's Australian, I suppose. She's done a really sweet uh, flip too. Yeah, she has flips, man. She's also born on the same day as me. Question, in our team, who do you think the most likely to flip is? Uh, well, definitely not Barisha. Uh, I think Pierres could do it. I think he'd probably go through the earth if he'd I'd like. Go, but I feel like he could do it. Dizelle. Dizelle could Dizelle, do it. yeah. He's pretty light. Yeah. Nimble. Yeah. Looks like a stiff breeze could take him down. <laughs> he's just a young fella, but I was really impressed with Dizelle. We'll get to him very oh, soon. Yeah. I, he's probably my... Uh, I got a lot of rap. The man. highlight of... The, yeah. This, uh, this current last couple of weeks. Uh, do you want to get into news? So, in a recent edition of the Geelong Advertiser, it was reported that Western United may not get another game at GMHBA this season due to the AFL. Do you think this will have an effect on uh, the Geelong fans who attend? Well, I think, you know, hardcore Geelong fans, have, you know, they either attend games or they don't. And if they're not, that's only because they want to be 50-50 supporters and only follow when it's down there in Geelong. The other Geelong fans that are, you know, hardcore all about West United make the dis- make the travel. They will travel. And that and that's what you want to see because eventually the games will be in Tarnate, so they've got to travel either way. I think we'll ha- we'll lose a few people due to it just because a lot of some people would have gone to convenience, they just want to see some football, they might have been neutrals. But as Scott was saying, rusted on people are going to go. Like, they're going to be, hey, I want to see this as much as they can. And travel time may be a factor and they can't go to every game like they would have tried to that would have been a GMHPA. But even if they're they're watching at home, at least people are interested. They'd probably be supporting in other ways. Yeah, it's... There's more ways to support than just going out, like going to games. So yeah, I think it's a. Give, I think for as many as we'll lose, we'll gain other ones who live closer to the stadiums we're currently using. It's a give and take thing. I don't think it'll affect numbers too drastically one way or the other. No. no I think it's it's pretty solid as where we are right now until it moves to Tarnate. Yeah. I, when it moves to Tarnate, that's when we'll be able to build something. Yeah, I think we're in a holding pattern at the moment just because of the change of venues. Um, in good news, 
West United Godfather and Socceroos legend Steve Horvat celebrated his 50th birthday on the 14th of March. Happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, big fella. Did I say happy birthday to him today or yesterday? <laughs> Shit, I saw it. I just, I just said happy birthday. Hopefully it was yesterday. Yeah, fingers crossed it was the right day. Um, he, he had 31 caps for Australia. And I think one yeah. goal, so. Look, I'm sure he celebrated that I think, goal. I think that's more than Scott McDonald. Obviously, he didn't play in that um, Australia. Ryan will know this one. Who did they play when they won like thirty-two nil? <laughs> uh, that was <laughs> Archie Thompson, America Samoa, and yeah. Archie Thompson's bagged thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> Look, no, if he, he played he, that game. He, he probably could have got a hat trick. He's not quite that generation just yeah. yet. He's a little bit older than that generation. The Tassie away games. We've been hearing a little bit of the old news. Kelsey, how would you phrase it? I would Scott? phrase it that the uh, there won't be a Sydney to Hobart this year. There will be a Sydney to Launceston. If you know what I mean. Locked in. <laughs> so that's enough said on that matter. Just don't buy tickets yet. <laughs> Wait for it to, to be uh, Facebook official. The status isn't official till it's Facebook no, it's official. It's just locked in. It's not official. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so more will be coming out about that soon. Any other rumours? And I don't mean the Fleetwood Mac album. So in club news... Ufak Talay from the good old uh, Wollongong Ufak. Phoenix Ufak. Yep. has confirmed that the Woo has inquired about the services of Oliver Sale, who is a goalkeeper, and is, would be considered a non-visa spot should he be allowed to join. So a little bit of facts about him. He was born in 96, but unlike other players, he actually got to see the Atlanta Olympics where they dropped the bomb. <laughs> um, he was born in New Zealand. He played two games for the New Zealand under-20 squad. Um, he w- he's been called up to the senior squad has, be- uh, has remained an unused substitute In both games against both uh, China and Thailand uh, He was part of Western uh, Sydney Wanderers youth squad From 2013 to 14 He then went to Auckland City Before going to the Phoenix Where he's made 52 appearances for the reserves And 8 for the senior squad He made his debut in the senior squad In a 2-2 draw versus Brisbane And then had to wait 663 days Before starting in another 2-0 draw And that one was against Western Sydney Wanderers um, He would then go on to have two consecutive clean sheets Against the Jets in glory Including a man of the match performance Against the latter What do we think about this potential signing? You know, what, why do we need to sign him? That's the question more than anything well, Is something happening? Is Scott leaving? Is Curzo leaving? Like to me, currently as we sit, Kurto is our main keeper. Scott's doing one hell of a job as a backup keeper, and then we've got our boy Emery. Well, Kurto, I believe, is out of contract at the end of this season, and they may be wanting to free up a visa spot. That makes sense to me. Also, Kurto has a bit of a history with concussions, like a problem with concussions. He might be doing something bigger, but having a visa spot on a goalkeeper is not very common in this league. So. No. And the other thing too is maybe he hasn't shown interest in wanting to resign. I don't know. I haven't heard anything to that effect. But COVID, maybe he wants to go home to his family. He's got he had uh, his first uh, child was born last year, I believe. Yeah. So that could be a factor. Hey, I want to go back home. Play. It might not club. even be him. Maybe Ryan Scott's. Maybe clubs are starting to look into him now with his performances. Maybe we just want to cover the base for depth. Look, I'm happy um, with Emery getting well, as, as backup. Well, we're going to get to Emery in a second. Well, actually, let's segue straight oh, into that. So, in a new signing, we have signed Charlie em- Emery. Uh, he has signed from our under-21 MPL squad. He's a keeper from the 3030, a.k.a. Werribee. The Dirty 30. Um, so, he's most notable for playing the second half in an 11-0 win for Werribee City just before COVID hit last year. When starting goalkeeper for Werribee, Nicola, I'm not even going to try and say his last name, 
got in contact, got in the coach's ear about giving him some game time. Um, he's been described by the Werribee City coach as an up and, at the time as an up and coming keeper, a tall lad and a great kid. He's got a good future ahead of him. Uh, our goalkeeping coach uh, Frank Urich describes him as a young kid that we scouted. He came into the youth system, into the youth team. He's a huge talent. He's been training with the senior team for the last six weeks and hopefully he's one for the future. He's extremely calm and as a goalkeeper, you need to be calm. And his presence in the box is one of the first things he noticed. Emery has uh, travelled for the squad for Wednesday night's clash against Sydney and uh, he lined up as the backup to Ryan Scott. Yeah, in uh, both games is, is Brisbane as well because Curdo was a late um, removal from that game as well. This is a player also who last year was one of us in the WSC chanting along and is now signed to the club. This is the exact model the club was talking about in bringing talent from the West to the A-League. Although he's the clear third and possibly fourth if Sale is signed and in line and unlikely to receive game time, I'm personally pumped. What are your thoughts about bringing this in? Scotty, I know you're you're so keen to talk about this. I believe... Are you guys Facebook friends? I think we are now, actually. He, I think he accepted me. So it's Facebook well, official? I, yeah, it's Facebook official. Does Geotech know? I think... I think I'm dropping everyone else. I think Charlie's my boy. You can't have all the boys. No, no. He is the cruise boy. He is yeah. one of the cruise. He's already got his own chant now. So there's quite a few photos of you know him being within the, the crew, jumping up and down with us, singing with us, watching him at the Brisbane game. Oh, no, I'm jumping ahead of the queue, but team come down. They did the celebrations with the, the active. Most of the players left. Emery just stood there just clapping us, and he was just taking it all in. He was just had the biggest grin on his face. He was happy to be there. I wouldn't mind signing a new goalkeeper, but if Curdo was to leave, I would rather Ryan Scott than this other guy. If you're going to have a backup goalkeeper, I would rather see someone like Emery in there. I think he's one that, because of his age, goalkeepers generally are a bit older when by the time they hit first team. Yeah. So I think is a third keeper who may get a little bit of game time, maybe some ACL action. I think it'll be good to have him in the squad. But I don't discount having someone ex- uh, with the experience the, of, was it Sale? All of a sudden? Yeah. yeah. I, I understand the, the, the need for experience there. And I think we need to have Scott, say Kurt goes. just that situation arises. I'm not saying it is, yeah. but scouting, would they, they've been shopping around to see what options are there. Having two keepers and because Scott, for him to develop further, needs someone with experience. Because he, that, he's made four A-League appearances. He's still getting there. He needs someone to bounce off, alternate with, and create competition because that's how goalkeepers work. But the best guy performs. Like, he gets the, the role. Just putting him in there yeah. isn't going to help him develop. You need someone with experience there. I would rather see someone stand up like Ryan Scott originally mm. did, like Emery, and try and take that challenge and become the next thing just like Scott did than hire another uh, keeper that... Look, to me, doesn't impress me. Okay. But the thing is, to develop Scott to that next level, because he's still young in keeper years. Like, yeah. That's the thing. You need. To, he, he's probably learnt a bucket full from Kurto, because Kurto has been a keeper for mm. probably... He's probably been doing it since he was, what, 13 or some shit? He's Polish. He's probably been doing it from the moment he was born. Yeah. But, yeah, that's... I think for, for Scott to develop further, game time is crucial, but he also needs someone with more experience, which... Someone like Sale or Kurto has. The thing with Emery, though, being so young, is th- there's a huge difference between MPL level and A-League level, even just in Australian standards. You don't want to be rushing him into A-League games 
having full force shots coming at him because it could lead to developmental injuries. But long thing. story short, Scott, you reckon Scott should get a go if Kurdo leaves. I would go either way, but I do see the benefit of getting a more experienced keeper in the ranks too. At, the, at this type moment, if Scott does get pushed back to sale, wouldn't wouldn't blame Scott if he left. I don't think would he'd be pushed to sale. I think sale would be the backup to Scott. But it really depends on how they perform. That's yeah. the thing. Like training is where it comes down. Who gets picked for the round? So like, because it's a rumor, what you're saying is you'd like him to instead of coming to the club, you'd like him to sail on back to New Zealand. I'd rather sail on anywhere else. So, uh, mm. to be, to be, that's right. my point. Well, we'll go yeah. to the next uh, signing for the club, and that is uh, Brad Inman, a loan signing to cover Maxi Burgess, who is uh, trying to get himself on the Sydney to Launceston, but will unfortunately miss his entry into his race. A return trip, if you will. Yes. Um, so. A bit about Inman, he was born in Adelaide, he's 29, a midfielder, uh, he's Scottish-Australian, um, he represented Respect. Scotland at the under-17 and under-21 levels, um, he was an unused substitute for Australia uh, in 2016 versus England, uh, he was also eligible to play for England internationally on his father's side, so he's got quite a bit of UK heritage there, uh, moved to the UK when he was 14 and was signed to Newcastle United's youth squad. He spent four years at Newcastle, predominantly in their youth teams, um, and then spent the last year of his youth uh, spot at Newcastle on loan to Crew Alexander, a move that would become permanent where he'd win the Football League trophy, also known as the Papa John's trophy at the moment. <laughs> it's one for like lower league teams. In 2016, he moved uh, to Peterborough United after... And then after one season, moved to Rockdale, the UK team, not the Rockdale City. So, um, side note: Ricky's a big fan and been hyping him hard. So, um, yeah, well, I think he's. A, I could be wrong, but I think he likes his Rockdale. Uh, I, think I his believe he's uh, his father-in-law. Father, yeah. Father-in-law's big Rockdale man. So, he, Ricky's been hyping him up hard. So, sorry, carry no, on. no, all good. Shout out so, Ricky. Shout out Ricky. After Rockdale, um, it's where he came to the A League and spent his one season with Brisbane, where he made twenty-five appearances and scored four goals. Um, he spent the last year in India, but he's leaving on loan due to a lack of game time. Um, throughout his career, he's not been a prolific scorer of goals. So how do you feel as this is a replacement for Burgess, who obviously was scoring goals last year? But did he... What, he I think he scored six. Yeah, like it wasn't world-changing. I don't think like Burgess was a prolific scorer, but he was really good at he had that some tough vein instances. of form. Yeah, and he also helped in the, on the wing, which I dare say Inman would play. I think this is a good signing. As a like-for-like like signing, I think it'll really do well. What do you think of Inman? Do you remember him from Brisbane yeah. Raw? Well, you guys are going to start hating me because I'm going against everything. I don't, I don't think we need him. I, I, I'm not going to disagree. I am happy with bringing some other of the players that were like Giselle. You know, bringing someone mm. like that in is, of course, going to push these players back. Now, as we've all seen the last two weeks of Giselle, killing it. Like, to... And, you know, you've got other players coming through the ranks as well, like more of the younger t- talent that, that, that really push themselves. I would rather the club focus more on a centre-back than anything. I agree completely. I'm, I think he'll be a good player and put a lot of pressure on for those wing roles. If he is in the right wing-back role while Risden is out, that might be good because that's where I think we're lacking. But as a, a front winger, whereas we've had Juzel play this week, um, and the, no, no, the week before he played in the mid this um, last game. Field Diamante's spot, I think. Yeah. So we, when we've got such depth and young people biting at the heels of these older dudes to get in, I really think 
that we don't really he's not a big get. Like it's but at that same point, I thought Ica wasn't going to be required and Ica's been freaking amazing. But now we've sort of got that We've got so many goddamn got, wingers. We've got that we've got the right amount of people there now. I don't like, think anything I think we should need to focus on more, you know, better positions. Mm. Striker. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind I wouldn't hate saying a proper center back if Kurto does leave. I would rather see uh, more of a international centre back, someone that's got a lot more talent, can really hold that defence, like what Geronte used to do back in his prime days, yeah. or even last year. I would rather see something like that nail it down than just getting another person to, you know, possibly be behind Ica, Sanchez, Diamante, and mm-hmm. then, you know, Parias. I feel the other boys down there. Is, can I just reiterate? This is only a short term. Like this is till the end of the season. This is purely for squad depth. This doesn't affect us next season. He could be on next season. No one knows. If that's the case, yes. No, I, 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 compl- I completely agree because there is going to be a lot of games coming up. So, so the main thing is, I think it's to protect players like Duzel from overplaying, yeah. especially with the injuries we have at the moment. They're getting exposed to a lot of game time. Whilst it's good for their development. Too much game time is also terrible for their development too. Yeah. I think it's just a bit of protection and a bit of cover. I yeah. think Giselle will take a bit more of a back seat now because I think he was sort of covering a lot for uh, Diamante. He was a, he's a depth player at this point in time, mm. but I am about Duzel at the moment. Oh, So am I. I think he's done excellent. I, and, and that's why I don't want him to get injured by overplaying as well. So on to injuries. At the moment, we still got Josh uh, Risden out for four to six. Pasquale with a hip, four to six. Kodo concussion... To be confirmed, likely this week. Yeah. Uh, we just want to give a shout out to the Metro Futsal team who started right here in the West. They provide the best value futsal team in town with 25-minute halves, two referees every game and no registration fees. And at the moment, they're running a special deal for new teams that join. All new teams joining Metro Futsal will play uh, only pay half-price match fees for the entire first season, so just $40 per game. They have comps running on a Sunday afternoon as well as Mondays and Wednesdays nights in Laverton. If you're interested, head to www.metrofootsal.com to find out more and register your team now. So check it out. They're based in the West. I talked to one of the guys from it. I really recommend if you're looking to have a place to start your futsal team. If, it, if it's low, we should try and get out. It's Laverton. Lavo, okay. Um, Hop on the train, should, have um, some beers. Have a chat to them and see if we can get a Western Service crew team. Yeah. Going, just for a bit of shits and gigs. Like 40 bucks a team. Forty bucks a night for a team—that's really good. Like, if you look at like what people pay, like play uh, pay to play mixed netball and stuff, which is my reference point. Can we price you there at uh, the old Werribee Indoor Sports Centre? Yeah, I don't like running, so yeah, we, <laughs> you'll have to battle Tran for keeper, I reckon. Oh, I'm coach. Okay, I'm coach. thinking coach. That way, I don't. Have to no, move. what about what's Mace gonna do? He's head coach. I could I could fully abuse refs. Don't you worry. Just like Rudin, I bet you. I'll, can. I'll be the next Rudin. But yeah, check out Metro Futsal. It's going to be in the podcast description. Check them out. And uh, start a team up. Uh, so around the grounds, the biggest story this week affects all Melbourne clubs with the double standards being set by Amy Park between football crowds versus NRL crowds. Scott, having been to the game and being the main conduit between club and active, what changes were made last night in comparison to the NRL last week? Uh, they still love Storm. That was That's the major point. Like, you know, as we've all known, Storm, uh, they come there with drums... You know, they're standing up, they had their flags originally, the, um, which then, you know, I think Melbourne City and West United started pushing. I'm not sure about victory, but they started pushing this. Uh, I approached Amy Park through, through you know, social media and, you know, they said, yes, you know, Storm had these. 
then slightly someone brought up a photo of a megaphone, which I mentioned. Why didn't you mention the megaphone to Amy Park? And that's when they said, oh, yeah, we forgot to add that. Of course they forgot to add it. They were too focused on trying to, you know, tame the A-League clubs because they allowed, you know, Storm to get away with absolutely everything. Now, it's quite pathetic to do that. And then even on top of that, after proving that Amy Park allowed a megaphone, we were still denied to take a megaphone during the game. Now, that's still double standards because you can't allow Storm to get away with all this. And, you know, look, we didn't meet a mega, but the fact is Storm had a mega. Amy Park knew they had a mega. A week later, they still denied West United to take a mega. Now, that's still double standard. That's still... Absolute joke. Before you go on, I have a couple more questions I want to ask. So when we all saw the, like for those who may have seen the NRL game, there was not a real heavy police presence enforcing people to sit down or anything like that. Is that what you would do all agree? Oh, that's what, what I saw as well, yeah. How many police were uh, watching on Sunday and telling people to sit back down? Look, police, there, I noticed probably about five police. Security, you're looking at 15 to 20 and around us. And and if everyone knows, Western service crew aren't the biggest active group going around. Nor have there been any incidents of violence. When we're not violent, we're just there to have a good time. And yet we had nonstop security all over us throughout uh, the game last night and it was beyond a joke. Now, I know they tried to sound social media that Storm only stood for their flag presentation. Now, I saw some of that Storm game and it was not just through the presentation. There were quite a number of times when Storm fans were allowed to stand with what seemed like no policing. Was there any issues with standing this week for you guys? Honestly, the first half, you know, we stood up with a few major chants, then we sat down for a bit. We were told to sit down, of course. Uh, it, you know, we kept going up and down, up and down. But because Fox Sports filmed us a few times and we were standing, the security weren't happy with that. So they come up and told us, we're on TV, we need to start sitting down. If you don't start sitting down, we will start taking your equipment off you, which is the drums and flags. A bit later on, they were we were told we did it a lot less. Like if big chance, we stood up and you know as we we're running towards goal or something. Something big that happened, we stood up. We were then threatened that we would be start being kicked out. Luckily, they didn't quite pull through, but you know to be constantly threatened by that and then stop focusing on the main active area who the home game. You could you could go there anywhere else around the ground and you could probably stand for the whole game and you wouldn't get told, told off. They're purely just going straight towards active. So they're inherently pinpointing active to, dem- to diminish the game day experience. Like in the games I've been to this season at Amy Park, I felt like my game day has been diminished by over-policing. I was there with my three-year-old daughter and wife, just in the active support area, told to sit down. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. How how are we supposed to enjoy a game? Like, look, I don't mind them being around. That's fair, but they don't need to be constantly nagging at us. Nagging at us. Like, you look. We looked up at the what's it called? The executive area, like corporate know, boxes. Corporate boxes area, and they were so jam packed. There was there was no. There was no breaks between aisles. There was no nothing. Explain, explain the logic between the Look, disparity between our rules versus the NRL versus the AFL, which is about to come back into season. And therein lies the problem. Which it, is what we really, we're really trying to get. Yeah, the, like, you, could, you could look at Marvel Stadium. Allowed A-League to have 
10,000 supporters. Again, same weekend, I think it was, they allowed the AFL to have 28,500 28, supporters, I think. Now, that's within two days. I'm pretty sure that I, I believe you're correct. Two more things to highlight just yes. quickly while we're all on the topic. Now, again, going back to that Storm game versus the A-League game. Storm game, people sitting behind the uh, try lines and the goalposts. Would we all agree that we, we saw that? Yeah. No tarps covering yeah. things there? Yeah. Again, what happened this week? There is a tarp behind that. We are not allowed to sit behind the goals. Going back, our last home game, I believe, was against Victory at Amy Park a couple of weeks ago. Yes. Has there been any change now, given that the NRL is back between the two games? Was there any change between policies from the Victory game to last night's game in terms of how we were tra- like the fans were treated? Uh, we were allowed a few more things, but that was only because Storm had their game in between. And if Storm didn't play, we probably would have been strict, very strict. No equipment, no standing, no no fun. Do you think this is negatively affecting people's want to attend the game? Because we had pretty like between us and Victory, I can't. I'm not sure of the city figures. I think they're going decently, but they've been quite like they're doing quite well. We've noticed a drop off in our supporter base. Same with Victory, which is there as well as point. Well, you take the Ballarat game where we were allowed to do a bit more. There was a lot more in that Ballarat game, which originally did struggle with audience and getting people to want to attend, mm. versus Amy Park now because you can't do anything. You've got no freedom of expression. Yeah, it would look. It, it would put more people off than put them on. Exactly, but that's my point. Yeah, for a league that is, I think this has been the, one of the best years for Australian football. To be honest, it's been a, in, interesting to watch. Multiply good, uh, multiple good players in different teams. Uh, CCM are doing well. You know, a lot less predictable than Sydney or Victory winning this yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. So I, f- I feel like this has been a very interesting season with some amazing moments. Yet our cr- crowds are suffering because we're underrepresented by in um in legislation. We're not getting our people. The the FFA are not representing us enough in government to get our league to have. Like catch up with the rest. footing, like, yeah. but that, that that's the biggest issue. Like, what what's better to have promote a sport, get more people involved? We're pushing away A League currently. The, mm. the country is pushing away A League, and that's probably the worst step because mm. it you know you promote A League, you make A League bigger and all that. You could bring someone like you you know I'm going to go with it because of the, the bigness like Liverpool, Manchester United. Manchester City you could bring massive clubs like that over here because to me it's still that perception of soccer fans still wanting like you know they all they want to do is be drunk have flares start fights mm. and you know and yes a few years ago there were issues with flares but they've cracked down on that and as soon as teams were getting punished mm. for the actions of the people with the flares that the flare thing has reduced quite drastically but that's not to me- like but the thing is when your media is grossly manipulated by say in our state victoria by the afl people like people who they not only have either worked for the afl they're ex-players they literally are creating a propaganda machine around afl same with new south wales and queensland with rugby might i add western united haven't had one flair just saying yeah, but that's my point. But it's that perception that we mm. will do that, that as fans, as being football fans. So let's 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 move on because we've got a lot to cover today. Yep. But to summarise, like it's it's unfair to be over policed, um, to be underrepresented, like, and it's diminishing the game day experience for fans. And how you expect to build upon this league as a new franchise if you are unable to bring people to the ground? What's good for one is good for the for all. Yeah. 
So let's move on to games, gents. On Wednesday, 10th of the 3rd, we took on 5th place Sydney FC at Jubilee Stadium in front of 5,201 people. Sydney were hot on the heels of two wins and we were following up a deflating loss to Western New Wanderers. Thoughts on how we lined up? Um, I like... I think it was exactly what we sort of thought. Was, well, Theo was missing and we didn't know he originally had the bruised rib. Yeah. Um, we thought it was a bit of that whole... They were trying to mix the teams up a bit and have some things and throw all the eggs sort of into one of the baskets. Um, I did like that Duzel got a start. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Duzel. I think he was probably in our most people's top three or like not far off. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think... Diamante would have got rested either way, I reckon. It was sort of just unlucky he managed to get injured because you can't keep playing an older player like that non-stop at his level, so... Yeah. No, no, look, I think it was a good lineup for what we could have at the time. Connor Payne had the a chance at about, the I think, 90th second <laughs> to really... could have put us in a really good position. He had a... You know, he did his usual stop-start... Goes straight towards the, I think it was all his left side. Had a beautiful cross in. It just hit the crossbar. Inches to the left, it would have been a goal. That's how close he was. And it was unlucky that no one was standing on that far post. It's just sort of going to tap in. Um, Ryan Scott. uh, Like, I know we lost 2-0. Some of his moments throughout the game... He did some absolutely fantastic saves. He it really could have Sydney could have really pushed a lot further in within that first quarter that I saw, uh, first half. Sorry, he you know we could have conceded at least two or three goals without Scott doing it, uh, without Scott there, and he just did some fantastic saves. Uh, and then we'll go to the sixteenth minute, which took us to one nil at the end, where Calver was. I, th- I can't. Remember. I think Scott did a st- stop, and uh, then he pushed the ball out, and then Calvo was getting ready to do the big, big boot, kick, big boot straight out of the box. Mm. Barbarus has been Barbarus as snake as you can come. Very smart player. Mm-hmm. Managed to put his foot over in front of Calvo oh. as he was taking that shot. So intelligent movement, though it was intelligent clever, to get very there. Calvo very clever. Calvo of Barbarus, Barbarus, but very clever and. But- of course, Calver couldn't do nothing about it at that stage. It's a penalty any day of the week. Yeah. Calver is known for big booting it, though. Like, to be honest, he'd probably be, be the big red machine if he was a wrestler from WWE in uh, WWF in two, uh, 1998. Yeah, likes a big boot. <laughs> or, 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 you know, Big Daddy before he used to tear hamstrings doing it. Yeah. <laughs> you know how many times I was asking him at the Brisbane game? Kick the freaking ball away. I want to go on. Mm. And, you know... Obviously, Kelvin might have been a bit worried about that game because, you know, against Sydney, he, he tried doing that and... He got burnt. Yeah, he got burnt pretty hard and there's probably, at that stage, there's nothing you can do. You, like, you don't really expect someone to quickly sneak in from half behind you. No. Put a foot in front and, yeah, you go for that. So that, of course, got the penalty which Bobo stepped up and he put it through. Hmm. Ryan Scott, very unlucky again. He did get a hand to it. Oh, he did. His his fingers it, just grazed it. It, it, it yeah. just wasn't quite enough to push the ball away. Unfortunately, it, you know, it tends to happen a lot, lot these days. Keepers go the you know take the right the right way, and yeah, not quite getting a, enough hand onto it. So I was quite impressed by Scott this game. But to be fair, yeah, yeah, he, he was he, he was, was very lose solid. 2-0, but it was very impressive doing it. So, 
Well, penalty's not his fault. You can't stop a penalty for you know, yeah. you, 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 you can, are, but you can, it's not high. It's, it's not a, a lottery. You know what I mean? Yeah. It takes off the shot. Like majority of the time, they, they put a lot of power behind behind it. You know, to one of the sides. If you go a bit more in the middle area, it's going to get stopped. That, Realistically, that you got a one in six chance of picking the right mm. kick because you can either go top corner, bottom corner, top middle, bottom middle, top other corner, bottom other. But if you're going to commit too far to one side. You jacked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that so, just go the other way. But props to him, he touched it. Mm. Yeah, he, he got a hand to it. Unfortunately, it didn't go his way. In the in the twenty second minute, Ica had another chance to you know to get an equaliser, of course, and we we just had seemed to have an off day. Like he kicked it straight to uh, Redmayne. So at that stage, it was sort of he could have put it anywhere in the anywhere in the the goal at that stage but unfortunately he he went low and hard and kicked it straight to Redmayne which is probably the worst move to do like put a bit of height into it anything could have happened to put a Mm. bit more if you're going to kick low and hard go towards one of the ends of the box not straight at the keeper at least he had he had a go he had a go but you know at that stage you, you kind of want a bit more than kicking it straight to the keeper I know, but yep. out, well, I will say, outside of the opening eight to ten, we were very lethargic in yeah. that first. The fatigue had hit us hard, and after losing to Western New Wanderers in the way we did, we were we, just very lethargic. We yeah. didn't look like we had any spark to us. That was a hard game to watch. Yeah, yeah. it was. You just knew Sydney was going to roll yeah. us at the whole game. But um, rough twenty fourth minute, Scott stepped up yet again. He did an absolute blinder of a save, massive dive towards you know the side of the post. If he didn't, if he you know if he was a shit goalkeeper, mm. that that should have been in, and you wouldn't hate the goalkeeper if he, can, if he conceded that goal. That was a perfect shot, but Ryan Scott managed to get you know just did that absolutely perfect, and I think he took a bit of a deflection as well, which always makes it harder for the goalkeeper the moment he hits deflection. So kudos for Scott for getting there as well. In the 36th minute, there was another massive moment where I think the snake himself, Barbarousas, popped it up towards Hamill. And at that, you know, just going off gameplay, for, you know, normal speed, it looked like it was a bit of a handball. Mm. It was lucky enough that VAR checked it and it bounced off his hip into his arm, which at that stage, it's no, no penalty, which was very thankful because, you know, that could have been even worse. And who knows what would have happened with. From from there onwards, so lucky for VAR, they didn't suck up Sydney's. Which you they know normally what. do. We, yeah, for once. So, yeah. yeah. But I did hear that on Monday, come Monday, uh, come sorry Thursday morning, that a ten thousand dollar donation was made from Sydney to VAR and an apology for and an additional ten thousand in late fees. Look, I don't think it was. I don't think they made that fee. I think it's just direct debit. Easy. There, was, there was a few other little talking points throughout the game, like Brucia did. Uh, is that second half? Uh, uh, of, no, the first half. Uh, Borussia did some great efforts getting back. Like Sydney had quite a few, I don't know how many uh, corners they had, but Borussia did well getting back. I think he cleared quite a couple, a couple corners. Did you know Which he used been, his real good height so at that's that stage. What been trying to say. Like he's been doing a lot more than people realise, and you don't see it till it's on the TV that you're realising how much it, more. It, yeah, it, that's it, exactly what I mean. Like, you know, I downplay Borussia a lot. He probably hasn't done much. Lately, but, but there's little points like that. Like he got back and he he, he done a couple, uh, at least two, you know, headers away from that. Who knows what could have happened with that play and him pushing it down and then running down and trying to you know put pressure on the defenders, putting it back into 
another goal threat area. He done fantastic there. He's selfless now. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and it's something only, like I said, you notice it on the TV. You don't notice it at the game, but you see it on the TV mm. because it's it's capturing him in the shadow of the TV of him doing the run back or and, and some there was he he was working like with the Sydney match. He was working very well with Ica. Like there was a there was there was at least two or three one two plays that happened in the first half that you know that really put us in a goal position that we could have had a crack at. So. I'm going to say this. I didn't think he was that good first touch. He's, first he's shown touch. some... Barusha. Yeah. He's shown some really good moments. We should probably get into the yes. second half. All right. So let's get into the second half here. Uh, prior to the uh, start of the second half, we subbed Calva for Pieris. Um, I thought this was a positive move to try and take off a defender for an attacker. How did you guys find this sub? Positive or negative? I feel like we had to make a move. We were in a position where we were down. We needed to do something. Pieris is always a good sub. I looked at it as a negative. Price coming on, positive. Calver coming off, negative. I would have rather see one of the tools, either Geronte or Hamill, coming off instead because Barbarossa's was running mm. straight past him. But, but yeah, that's, that's a very good. That's a good. Yeah, yeah. yeah I would rather see Calver stay. For, uh, you know, any you know, one of the tools coming off, and I think was am I on? Am I going back a bit? Yeah. So you see it as a bit of a neutral thing. It was a positive and a negative. Yeah, it was positive. Pierre was on because you know we needed it, but yeah. negative. It was wrong play. Amai um, was in the right wing back role, and I, in my opinion, he's in our best back three. Well, unfortunately, Scott Tradamus over here looks to have been a bit correct because just two minutes into the start, um, we did not get off on the best foot when Ryan Grant in his two hundredth A League appearance slotted home. How did you guys find the setup for Sydney and the defending for that goal? Defending's been shit that game. But that was somewhere where you're right, where Kelvis speed probably could have helped in that yeah. situation. But there was so many times that um, like Barbarus just ran straight past. Hamill was unfortunately he's he's a big he's a big lad. He's not he's not fast, but he you know Barbarus was running straight past him. It was mm. putting pressure on now Geronte being old and and Hamill being tall and that just too easy. And Ryan Grant did that, and we'll go happen. We got yep. burnt. Um, I would like to give a shout out to the snacks on the day because we watched it from Kelsey's house. Uh, great dips. Uh, Decent cheese platter. Of, yes. Kelsey, is that the first cheese platter you've ever made? Because I have nothing good to say about this goal. Look, <laughs> it was a great cheese platter. It was the first one where I actually went out and bought it all and made it myself. Actually, I believe my wife made the actual cheese platter yeah, itself. She did. Because yeah. it was too neat for my kind of work. Yeah, shout out, Chloe. Anyway, so the goal seemed to deflate us and I found it. Like it deflated us even more than the lethargy that we already seemed to have. Um, and it seemed Sydney were well on top throughout the second half. They were very good at, I found, at doing smart fouls to stop our progression and getting numbers in a defensive box, stuttering our progress. In the 58th minute, we would do a double sub with Iker and Duzel off for Skatatis and Milanovic. Watching the game with you guys, I think we all agreed with 2 0 down, rescuing Iker was a positive, but uh, subbing Giuseppe for Skatatis was a bit of a negative move. Do we still agree with that opinion? Skatatis need, he needs to be a third choice. He needs to be ba- he needs to be backups backup. He's not good. He's not currently. He's not good enough to be on our bench. To that, that's my view, of course. Giselle coming off. Giselle was probably one of the highlights. He was put. He was probably one of our one of our main danger danger players. And being a young kid. Surely he's got a lot more energy. I would, would have rather see him on than Skatatis on. Do you know? Uh, so in this like in this regard, I w- it w- it's a bit of a bugger that Pasquale's out because he would have been a really good 
uh, addition to the midfield in this capacity. And I think with the likes of Cavallo going, who could have performed in this role, uh, we were left with Skatardis. And I don't feel, other than us wanting him to get a, car, a red card last season for being a bit of a shithouser and a bit of a, a roughneck, I think we've got that in the squad and don't need another of one of that. So I agree with you completely, but I just... Those if Skatardis little... isn't drop-kicking another player in the face... There's no point playing him. We've that's, got, my, that's my view. We've got he's Luzcock. not going to drop kick someone in the face and injure them. No point playing him. Luzcock's already done it. Yeah. Been there, done that. Bought the t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Moving on. 11 minutes later, we would sub Bess off for Wales. Now, I'll come back to that sub at the end of this. I don't know moments in the second half where, where Uzcock got a yellow in the 76th minute where he studs clipped uh, Ninkovic across the ankle, twisting it. The commentators were arguing this is a red. Personally, I saw this as no foul as Braden was still able to hobble. Will we, will we agree with that? No foul considering he was still able to walk and live? Look, look it, was it was a yellow. A, it was but a foul. Red card? Nah. It, it wasn't... It wasn't intentional. Yeah. It was more... There should have been... I don't... Conf- they're supposed to review those, are they? Re- I vows? believe they did. But it wasn't high. Like, usually... It wasn't high. He didn't... Like, it wasn't intentional. He didn't go sliding. It wasn't that, that late. He wanted to stop him. He didn't intend damage, I don't think. No. And the th- did, can I just elaborate further? Um, one of the guys actually created a puff piece in the media the next day from Fox Sports saying how we should protect our, like, top-tier players from such attacks. Like, Uzcock stabbed him in a prison. Ninkovic is a top tier player? Supposedly. Yes, but he is. Yeah, yeah, he's he, 100% is because he wears Sydney's jersey. Yeah. So, uh, okay, cool. I was a bit yeah, confused sorry, there for a second. Sorry, we only have. If I put a Sydney jersey on, I'm a top tier player too. Doesn't matter what I do, but yeah. Sydney men top tier. But that's the bias against us. Now, and I, I agree that that was like not a great tackle, unintentional, and it looked brutal. But I think we all agree it's a, it's a yellow. It's a yeah, foul and it's a, yellow, it's a yellow. Definitely yellow. Mm. Right. Now, in stoppage time, Durante copped the red card for what can only be described as lightly bitch slapping Swivel, who went down like he'd been punched by Engano in the UFC. By definition of the rules, it is a red card. And personally, I'm, I'm not against Durante doing this in the final minutes. What do you guys think? Is it. In the rules, like any type of touch. If the you face. try and attack the face, it's you're basically guaranteeing yourself. It's a red what card. happened to old mate in the yeah. victory well, grand if, final. If that's okay, look, it was soft. It was pathetic. That, if that's the rules, if you t- he, he, Durante actually did look like he deliberately he put his hand. He up did there. deliberately try so, to slap him. Look, as as soft as it is, it was there. Did Swivel make the most of it? Yes, but was Swivel smart enough to make sure it was seen so that VAR did review it for the red? Yes, and was it a red? Yes, I was. The question the is, rules if someone did that to Barisha, Barisha would dive, roll around on the ground and all that, exactly the same. Would we hate if another player got it, got red carded because Barisha did the same? No, we wouldn't. That, that's so right. It's sort it, of there. The big thing is it didn't affect the outcome of the game. And the biggest point here is last year we waited for a red. We waited a whole season and this year we have been blessed. We've had two in three games. We're getting four better. Games. Four We're games. Getting Three better. Or four games. Yeah, we are blessed. And how the hell did Skatardis not get it? It's still an unsolved mystery. And Ursin Gulam? Ursin Gulam is probably upset in Turkey right now. Now, we're going to go back to Wales. In the 25 minutes of game time, he had playing, he actually started as a striker, playing mm. as a striker. He had three good chances and set up one or two more. With his pace and energy starting to, we started to come out of the slump and we started to get back on top of the game. 
um, and he managed to put some pressure on the defenders a, in, late in the game. Do you think he probably should have come on a bit earlier with Milanovic and Skatardis or maybe even at halftime like Pierre is? What do you guys think? At Woolwell, down 1-0 at halftime, so 100%. If we're down, why are we delaying this? Let's get the attacking going. Clearly, first half wasn't working out. Let's get some change showing. Let's try and change the game. Like, what what's going to happen? Whether lo- continue to lose, or we can change the game and maybe come back. Well, in Would another you- Scott Tradamus pick and a bit of preamble for the next game, you did say after the game that you wish he had have started as striker for this game. And watching, look, I'm, I know I'm jumping ahead. Watching the Brisbane game, how fucking yes. We'll, we'll get to that, to but I just it. wanted to point that a Scott Tradamus is on the ball at the moment. Can we just say that when DP and Lockie come on, it's like the Bash Brothers and Mighty Ducks too? We did talk about this a lot too. I, yes. To be honest, Ed, yeah, I, I think they either come on together. I'd really like to see them uh, a bit more of Milanovic, to be honest. I think the three of them coming, if they were all subs, if... Stay with me, Scott. I can see you give me the devil face right now. Give me the hate. Uh, it's a little uh, just, uh, you know, hear what I'm saying? If we have to have them as subs, imagine the three of them together in the flying V. I was about to say, where was the flying V? That's what we need to bring into it. But yeah, but yeah like, like I know I'm jumping ahead and going with Brisbane game, but after seeing Wales a lot of the last two games, I, do I think he's a striker? No. Do I think he... It needs to be up there, uh, you know, one of the, one of the wings. A hundred percent. Do we need a striker? Yes. We need someone like Milanovic or I don't know. I haven't seen much about Shepard. Shepard, because Wales is putting them in, in the perfect spots and they are, he's, he's, he's doing his job. Yeah. We're just not having the right person at the right time there. And mm-hmm. that's what we need. Like, normally it's Brisha, but Brisha's been a bit behind. We need more of a pacier taller attacker to get in that right spot at the right time. Just in case Wales is putting a low or high, you can get to it either way. 100% agree. Wales is killing it. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I've actually changed. You you were not a fan last week. Look, I was a Wales, every time I thought of Wales, I thought it was a city boy. That's the way I looked at Wales. I'm I'm starting to see him as a Western boy now. It's, he's sucking me in. Yeah. Is he one of your boys? Scott's people. I've got about 20 people. Like, so. <laughs> um, so, any more thoughts on the game or are we just happy to move right, on from what was on. a dreadful yeah, performance? Yeah, um, do you guys want to get to play ratings? Yeah, let's do it. So, my three points go to Uzcock for almost killing Ninkovic. Uh, two points to Scott for having an amazing game. He had some great stoppages. I don't want to understate how well he performed. You're welcome. What? Not, not you, buddy. You, <laughs> you get no points. Um, and one point to Sanchez because the majority of play went through him and he had a heap load of passes through him. I think he's very crucial to us and I'm a big fan of what he's doing. And I'd like to give an honourable mention for Durante for giving himself giving himself a week off for slapping old mate. Swivel. Yep. You could say he swiveled his head right off. Um, I'll do Leb and Jay quickly. So Leb did three to Scott, two to Payne, one to Amay. Jay did three to Scott, two to Amay, one to Duzel. Uh, I've got three to Scott. Usual stuff. He did fantastic. Two to Giselle. I thought he come. You know, he he did really well in his areas, and he's really impressing me. Like he's just absolutely fantastic. And one to yeah, Sanchez. Sanchez is really becoming Diamante of this year. Really. Yeah. Like he's he's absolutely 
outstanding. That's what I'm seeing from Sanchez this year. He's just fantastic with everything he does. They're bringing stuff that the A-League doesn't have. But Sanchez is more defensively defensively minded than Diamante, which is why I think he stands out more. He's everything we hoped Jurtek would have been, but <laughs> couldn't tie up his Who? shoelaces if he tried. Jurtek. All I can say is if Kurto is going, Sanchez, Ica, Diamante... I fucking can't wait to see who's next. I know. The signing's <laughs> going to make. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah. um, so I was similar. So I had three for Giselle. Oh. I just thought he was very positive. He played well. Was close to that. Yeah, he, got, he got subbed off, I, but I just thought he was very good. I had two to Ryan Scott because it, it's hard for me to give three. Although the first goal, definitely not his fault and his defense definitely let him down on the second goal. I just find it hard to give a keeper three votes when there's two goals conceded. Yep. Um, and then my one is Sanchez as well. I, I just thought Giselle was Makes probably sense, the most yeah. positive player we had in what was a very lethargic it was game. fantastic. Okay, on Sunday the 14th of March, we took on Brisbane Royal at Amy Park. Both teams were hungry for, to keep their season alive. There were hijinks, disallowed goals, and a coach told to shut up. What did you think of the lineup? Scott, what did you think of the lineup? Well, it was, um, look, to when I first saw it, I thought it was a bit surprising because, uh, what Wales did start in the striking position, which is what I've been going on about for quite some time. Bruce clearly needed uh, a rest. It was good seeing Giselle play more in the Diamante role rather than what he played last week. It was, yeah. you know, go, going off his performance throughout the game. He did just, he didn't do as good as Diamante, but he did his. He's absolutely amazing in his own style of play, the how he plays. But it was, I, I think it was fantastic to see. Like, after watching the game, like, yeah, after seeing the game, would have I stick to this one? Probably not. I would have rather seen more of a striker because Wales absolutely killed it up, up forward, but he would have done even better if there was that striker. He was in that wing role as opposed to, say, Giselle, I think it would yep. have been. And that's not to negate Giselle. I loved him today in this game. Wales did absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Like, I, like, I, don't, I can't remember. I don't think I gave him a vote, but yeah, like he killed it. I'm going to say something here. Wales in one of the wing back roles. Yeah. Uh, nah. Uh, wing or wing. Or wing. In the, in the, I'd, I'd rather more wing because he, he does so many good passes. He gets he, – he he's got speed and a bit mm-hmm. of uh, some trickery. He gets it forward. He, he's like another pain, but look, I'm going to say, I think I think he might be a bit better than pain. Do you see what I'm but saying in the wing-back role? We just need that, we'd need that tall, mm. fast uh, attacker. No, no, we well, do. Can I say the one thing I really, I noticed was that Culver was in the starting lineup again. I just want to throw out, do you reckon his spot was sort of saved by Durante's red card? I don't think we should be playing Durante. I think no. Culver's... Calvin, I don't think Calvin needs to prove any point. He does his role every week. Yes, he, he got dropped last week, but, you know, that was that could have been more of a tactical thing. Like, would you rely on anyone other than Calvin, like, in that area? No. No, no. It's just a different opinion, that's all. Just throwing it out I, I, I think Calvin is great in that role, and I, I don't think we have many more games with Durante playing. No, no, and I start to negate him. I was there at his 400th game, so are you, Scott? And I think he, it was great to have that milestone at this club, and he's been an amazing player. And he got a manager to read with us in his last season. <laughs> and to go off the uh, lineup, like Calvert definitely deserved his spot. Uzcock 
how much I was so happy seeing him there. He is a tall centre-back. I don't freaking play him anywhere else. Yeah. He killed it. He's got the pace to keep up with the you know the faster defenders. He's got the height to kick clear clear you know corners and shit like that. And he'll two foot you. He is he is absolutely don't I don't know why we're playing him up you know more up the field. He is perfect for that role and he nailed it this weekend. Okay, so for the second time this week, we're in action, uh, taking on Brisbane in front of one thousand nine hundred and twenty fans. At a delayed start time of 6.40 thanks to a tropical monsoon on the central coast. Yeah, wow, that was wet. Did you... Although small, in, the crowd was small in number, it was one of the loudest crowds and even the commentators were talking about how loud the crowd was throughout the game. Uh, do you th- with the, given the fact the crowd was so small though, do you think it was the restrictions that Amy Parker imposing, the location, the time slot of a Sunday evening or even a combination of all three that led to such a small crowd? The, the active was amazing, mm. but I think there's a lot of contributing factors. Two losses in a row, not going to help. Sunday afternoon, uh, late Sunday afternoon yeah. in the city. We're, we're already a smallish type yeah. of club. We're Cold not, weather we're, too. We're not, we're not your victory. We're not your Sydney. Like we were Sydney 5K fans for us is, I think, at the moment, pretty solid. It's consistent with CCM who are on top of the ladder. Um, victory are doing 5,000 crowds at the moment, but this is our worst. So the first thing I noticed was that we we're playing a lot more positive and that that lethargy had sort of finally disappeared. We we're being more open, and I found it was a very open contest from both sides from the very start, which was good. It made for an entertaining brand of football again, which is what West United have been known for this year, was fun, entertaining football. Now, the first thing I want to highlight was a brilliant save by Ryan Scott at the nine-minute mark denying... Danzaki a chance to open the proceedings. Danzaki was amazing this game. I was in, in the next the second half. I was a big fan of Danzaki. I was a fan from the whole game. I reckon he was Brisbane's best player. Yeah, he so. did, did very well. Dylan Mansell Halls was pretty good as well, but Danzaki for me. Yeah. Um now just two minutes later, Calver would gift uh Champness the ball to have a pretty good open shot at goal, but Uscock would get in the way blocking it. In the crowd, because you were there, Scott, what were you thinking when they when he gifted that ball to him? There was a lot of moments where, you know, just not just this particular one where things just weren't going our way. Like we did quite a few stupid turnovers. Cole was one of them. I think even Scott did one himself. There was just some silly turnovers that really put pressure on us. But thankfully, you know, our defence and Scott really stood up and. Save those mess ups, I guess. But yeah, it definitely was there. There was uh, within the first twenty minutes, there was a lot of them. Well, so we'll move on to the twenty second mark when Danzaki had another great chance at goal, but Scott again was equal to the measure in saving it. In what commentators were calling the save of the week, it was a stunning yeah. save. And I'll come back more to Ryan Scott in a minute, but I think we should all just highlight what a save that oh, was. God. It's it was truly amazing to see him perform at this level really well. Uh, he really did earn the player of the game from this game, I do believe, yeah. I think it's safe to say, even though what we've done later, that he's going to get pretty much majority of the share of the votes this week. Um, now, there are also some great chances by the boys in green and black. 24 minutes in and some nice one-touch football provided a, opened up a great chance for Lockie Wells, but simply lacked the power and going straight to Young. It just sort mm. of fizzled out. bit disappointing, but it was some great build-up play to that opportunity. That, that's what I wonder... I wonder if he's actually training more for that. Like, is Wales in the training ground focus, focusing on that pre, you know, power shot? 
finishing shot rather than his assistance grab because that's what really gets me off because I reckon... It gets I'm, you off, does it? Yeah, well, gets me off. It's all about phrasing. But, I, but I, I actually reckon that it wouldn't surprise me if he's at training doing more crosses rather than finishing. Mm. And I know he's been classed as a, a bit more of a striker than you know, other, other areas, but... um. Just watching him with today's game, striking is not his thing. Everything else is. The one thing Crossing, I will praise him for is his defensive game yesterday was very on point in tracking back and helping. Especially yeah, and after that issue at Western New Wanderers. He's got that okay. pace, but he's so fast. He can run past anyone. And that's why I think he's so good at everything else besides striker. And I want him to. See, I want to see him start a lot more. Not in the striker position, of course. Put Barisha at the end of his some of his crosses. We could be looking at a hell of a different get, ball game. So, well, at around the half hour mark, uh, Ika and Pierre's both had shots at it. Unfortunately, Ika's long range shot went straight at Young, and Pierre's had a golden opportunity in the box after a bit of pinball. That unfortunately he just aimed straight at Young. Had he have gone just a mil either an inch or so either side, it was in the net. Yeah, I did a- notice that a lot during the game. There was yeah. a lot of there was a lot of kicks straight to the. To uh, Young. Jamie Young. Young was well positioned. He's not a bad keeper, mind you. Like, that, that's... But that, that goes also to him for his positioning. You're right. Exactly. So as the uh, as we approach the end of the half, Wenzel Holes in uh, injury time, I believe, had a good deflected shot. But again, Scott was up to the challenge and being able to change direction after the deflection to be able to stop it. Now, before we move on to the second half, I want to bring up a couple of points on Ryan Scott. How good was he in that first half? To me, this was a breakout performance and possibly put him on the radar of other clubs in the A-League who need a keeper. And that's what I worry about. Like, look, I'm going to come out with it. Western Service Crew have Jesus in their active end, but we've got God on the, in the goalie. Yeah. He, he, he is fantastic. And that's what I worry about. Like, I don't want to lose him. If if we go with someone, if we put someone like Sales or we continue with Kurto, Scott has an opportunity to go elsewhere and probably do very well with it because he is, he, 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 I, he, I was very 50-50 about him. He's he, really stepping up and he's, he's looking fantastic. I'm a big fan of Ryan Scott and I think this was an amazing performance and I'm going to talk about it further in my half of this game, but I don't think he's fully at number one status. No. That's, and I'm not saying he's far off. I'm just saying we need to pair him with someone at his level or better to get the best out of our competition. So the other thing I want to point out about the end of the first half was how much better we look compared to the last two games. We were vibrant. We weren't, we weren't compacted or caught on the break as much. It was so much better to watch. It was enjoyable. And that's before Diamante comes on. Yeah. Like, I, I loved the fast pace. I, I was just enthralled by the play. Brisbane looked dangerous and they can get past and they're going to kick a goal they were going to kick a goal but if it wasn't for ryan scott they would have kicked a few goals i also ryan think that was a consequence of us playing so positively though that's what happens in, in our game they passed our defenders like there's no vote they, it was left to ryan scott to do some uh, what i i think it was at least five outstanding saves that you wouldn't always expect keepers to save in our level and he did it and if it wasn't for scott Brisbane could have easily got past a minimum three to three or five goals. Fair enough. I just really enjoyed the dynamism at mm. one touch football and the positive mindset, though. That to me, I prefer to watch that than the lethargy of the last two games. Yeah. it's better to lose watching a good, a fun, energetic game than to try and play for a little draw and hope you jag one. Yeah. And that, but but today's defense was like Ulskog did. Oh, sorry. Mm. Yes, uh, 
against Raw. It was cock. It also come to how we, tu- we lost possession of the ball mm. upfield and then the rest of the midfield didn't adapt quickly enough. Mm. Um, which is, we get caught on the break. That's It's the risk of playing positive football. But yeah. I, don't, I don't take away Uzcock being, because he did start in that centre-back area. Like he, I don't, as I say, you know, it wasn't the defensive thing. Uzcock did fantastic in his position. He, he did a lot of running back and things like that. He, he cleared a lot of crosses, uh, corners, sorry. He cleared a lot of corners between him and Ryan Scott. They killed it. Mm. We also had a lot of shot of goals that we didn't get, get done that weren't far off as well. Yeah, like, we, I feel like, we did a lot of kicks straight towards you. Yeah, we I made mean, Jamie Young look good. Yeah, Halftime I, could have been three all. Going into it, for example, exactly. instead of nil That's what I'm saying. It was the game could have gone either way, and I was happy. It, by it that. was funny. We relied on Ryan Scott to save our asses, but that's they, the point of a keeper. They relied on us kicking it to Jamie Young. <laughs> so the second half opened with a bang. Is Brisbane put Brisbane put pressure on our defence, and it was consistent. From DP came thundering through Brisbane's defences with a shot at goal after Sanchez was carded at the 53 minute for a two foot exchange with Riku Danzaki. And I've said this, we've already talked about Denzaki. What an amazing game. He was an amazing player. So crucial to their team and formation. I'm a big fan. And that goal by DP was saved by Jamie Young. Again, shot at him. It was nothing like Look, our shooting needs to, when we don't have Bess and Deer in the squad, we need. The final ball needs to be yeah, improved. Which is something that Barisha has to his credit. Moving on to Lockie Wales, despite a huge intensity, which we were all fond of and a big fan of what he's doing, his ability to to, um, to finish, and he was offside or he was out of position, which caught us off guard in the second half, which led to Brisha coming on for him a little bit later, uh, which was a bit, uh, a bit not great. I think Bess was there at the end as a focal point and to hopefully try and get that second goal. goal. Yeah. I liked I liked the, the, the switch they done, like, Wales did a lot. Wales doesn't shouldn't be striker, hundred percent. I would like to see Wales start and Borussia start, but Borussia coming on later on, you know, it, it could be a good thing, a, mm. a good way of resting Borussia. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. So Diamante came on, and it was like a light turned on. We were dynamic. We had we were creative, and he was pairing up with Icar. He was pairing up with Sanchez. And we will be getting more dynamic. We had more balls to, to pain. It was just a bit better. And despite not being 100% to his, due to his bruised rib at the Wanderers game, did you guys feel that vibe just instantly change when he came on? Like, I was, it was dynamic. Yeah, it opens up the angle. It's that angle again. Because notice the, in the previous games, we'll try in that long diagonal pass and no one could execute it quite no. like Dia can because he gets the right kind of pace, the right kind of... Movement on the ball, so it goes to the player nicely. They can caress it with the one touch and then be able to keep going. I feel for dear, dear. like you know, just us, not just us, but like everyone in general. We underrate him. Like we saw him come on, and you saw the different level. Like you watch him start a game, you sort of just expect that game to go that way. His style of play mm. to go that way. When he doesn't start. And he comes on as a sub, you really see the difference. Like we didn't see that before because he's always started. You really see the difference that, that he that, that he done, and it was just it makes you appreciate a lot more than what he what he normally does. Because yeah, as he starts, you you don't notice. So 
you raise a really good point, and this is something I've said in the podcast. I think like I've been marking him too harshly. Mm. Having him back in, you realize the gifts he brings that you don't give him. You almost give him too much credit based on how good you expect him to be. That we sometimes don't rate him anymore because he's unrateable. He, he, his standards are way too high. You put his standards where we don't rate Diamante. You put him in a different club. They'll give him three votes in every week. It's just because we expect that every week because that's mm. just how he plays. He just plays a three-star. He's a three-star player yeah. weekly. Yeah. So on that note, within a few minutes of being on, he had a shot at goal, and then he curved the ball into the box for Pierres, which he headed in, which I do know you're very keen on <laughs> talking about. And he broke the deadlock 72 minutes in. Um, what would you like to say about the, the, this, Scott? I we've never spoke about it before. Pierce is great at headers. But His movement to get down that low to meet that cross was phenomenal. This is why I freaking love Pierce. He's got the pace. He he pushes himself hard. He's willing to do whatever. Like uh, like if he didn't get that goal, like that should have all come close to a penalty because the other player had foot was right next to his head. Mm. Whether you judge because he went so low or whatever. But he was willing to take that dive to get that goal. And, and that's what I love about Pierce. That's why I want to see him start. I don't want to see him come on as... I know he's a good... He could be a good... Impact player. Impact player coming off for the bench. I, I want him starting. He's an outstanding player. He, he needs to start. He does well when he starts. He does well whenever he plays. So I think he'll probably get rotated with best once Riston's back. Yeah. A fair bit. He'll be that impact player for goals. It's going to be hard to say because we've got, like, we've got yeah. so many goddamn wingers. Yeah, we do. Way. We have a lot of depth on that. But the problem is we don't at the moment because they keep getting injured, but, but we have a lot of depth. For us, it's just one of those players I want to see. I'm, I'll be happy. I'll settle for Wales to start on the bench. Parise, I want to see start. Every day. Every game. Okay. Let's move on. Uh, seconds later, the camera pans to Mark Rodan being carded after a conversation with the fourth official. Shut up. Half <laughs> requesting the foul against United because inherently we gave up possession after a goal to them, which we had like because we had possession straight off the bat. It was real weird. And Ali Reza, who I don't think he likes us anyway. We do not. We do not get a good. Goal we are not us. Sydney, so shut up. Yeah. So he got carded for dissent, and but he kept his cool and he kind of managed it. He gave the dude a thumbs up. I I found the way he handled that really well because he saw the cameras on him. And he realised that it could be taken out of context or become a meme. Probably still will. <laughs> he's a meme right now. He's, he's a t- but yeah. Um, you guys have any thoughts on that? Shut up. <laughs> no, look. I, he was getting very dangerously close to getting a second yellow. And I'm yeah. glad he pulled up when he did. That's but I great. don't. I'm completely opposite. He showed passion. I was getting to that point. Sorry. But I do appreciate his point of view and the passion he had over the point that he was trying to illustrate. He was just getting very dangerously close to flirting with a red card. And I'm glad he pulled up when he did. I mm. admire his passion though. And I, I wish more coaches were like that about their teams. Figure a red card. I wouldn't hate. He showed real passion and um, mm. yeah, good on him. So moving on, fun fact, the next uh, foul that we should have been awarded, we didn't get. It was on scene. Wonder why it wasn't picked up. After some shit housery by both teams, Scott kicked the ball out after the, after Payne and Nicker went down and Raw played on without giving the ball back. Hence what was the the issue was at the end. That's what Oh that yeah, definitely remember that. Yeah, a big fucking issue. Scum Raw. That was pathetic. They they thought we were wasting time, which if you listen we to <laughs> it, let, let, let's okay, I can understand where they got this impression from because you could hear audibly over the tele, like the telecast of Rudan saying, "Scott, slow the f down." 
take your time with the ball on a free kick, on a, a goal kick. Can I just say something to that too, though? The Brisbane players didn't have a choice. There was an interview after the game where both the coach and – well, the first the players said that the coach told him he had to play on. You don't play on when the coach gives you that instruction. You're not playing the next week. The coach also come out and admitted he told them to play on because they were chasing the game. I don't blame the players for doing it because they're following the coach's instruction. Is it, but I do. But it is a shit house thing to do. How many coaches would tell their t- in situations like that? How many coaches would tell their team to play on? Majority, because coaches coaches want to win. That's their role. They know they're they're in the first person. They're the first people to get the sack. It's up to look. If the players did the right thing, like I'm not hating on Brisbane doing it. But if the players did the right thing, will the coach crack the shits at them for that? From what I understand, there was enough pressure from where if they didn't follow the instruction, they were going to be dropped. But that that and that's where they've got to step up and do their part. Like, look, I get the players. The coach would understand. It was a heat of the moment thing. I think in hindsight they wouldn't have done it, but in that moment, we all know that. The, the, the I don't can't remember the United player that was down. Uh, it was pain. We all come. know that freaking almost every club does the same thing. Like we knew it wasn't there. They were chasing a goal, so it's an understandable reaction. Look, it happens. I I get it too. You know, look, it was a shit house thing to do, but I also understand why they did it. Yeah, mm. it is what it is. Um, Ryan Scott up to this point had been amazing, and just yeah. So many good guys. I, I couldn't pinpoint so like saves because he was so crucial to our team today. Now let's move on to the dying minutes of the game. Oh, this this up, was insane. So in the dying minutes of an of insanity, Brisbane keeper Young comes down for the set piece. The ball deflects off Scott's fists and it bounces out to Bari's head to South. I can't remember South's other name because it was hyphenated. DP snakes possession and passes to Payne for a shot at an empty net with Young sprinting back and a seagull having more chance of stopping the goal than any raw player. The ball rolls in and the feeling is electric. The team and fans celebrate and cue the Imperial Death March of VAR. It was overturned. Interestingly, in this season, the season started later, that would have been that wouldn't have been overturned. That was an incidental handball in the build-up of play, in my knowledge. The goal should stand. This handball and VAR is just getting murkier by the weeks. That's well, the issue. What is a natural position these days? His arm was in here. Pretty much has to be by their sides, not moving as mm-hmm. deemed as natural position. The thing, if this league had started this year, we would have that would have been awarded to us. But was that not an amazing moment to watch football? As a fan within the service crew, take away the, you know, the end result. That was the best thing because we were giving it to Jamie Young for being down. We get it. I understand why he came down. Might have been a bit early because he was taking a complete 50-50 gamble because you know, we did have time to run down and open a goal like what we did. But he was taking a gamble. He could have got it in. Like uh, Raw had absolutely everyone in that box. How the fuck Scott got to that was so amazing. Mm. Like... I actually saw a goal happening right then. And Positive move from Brisbane to roll the dice, though, on oh, that. I love that from Brisbane. Um, I want to see that more in football. But I'd prefer to sit there and say, well, my team lost trying absolutely everything than to sit there and go, well, they played it safe and lost. Exactly. The thing that I really enjoyed was 
we have a friend who obviously doesn't like football. I've mentioned him a few times over the podcast. He messaged you and I at the moment of Payne's I goal know. because he was excited. He's getting so into it. A real football strong supporter. That AFL football. football. Yeah, AFL football supporter that, that used to hate you know soccer. To, to pick this moment up, and that's just amazing to see. That's that's what you really want to see happen. He's now days. watching games. He's texting exactly. us when certain things happen. And, yeah, I know it might not be big for a lot of you, but for us to see something like this, an AFL strong supporter that, you know... You start, Getting into it. Look, enjoying yeah, it. Enjoy it. Realising you can fantastic. like more than one sport. You're allowed to enjoy the pool of sports available it, it, to us. It was fantastic to see, but it was just... Yeah. That, that 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 whole moment of play, like it was so heartbreaking, being the corner and knowing Jamie Young's there, and I saw at least six Brisbane players jump up for the header to nail it in, but the one United player in the yellow, Scott, fucking belt that ball down, one out of six to belt it down to lead on to was it Parias. Which passed it to Payne and my boy Sanchez Payne. Sanchez was also ready to get it. My he was boy in the zone. Payne nailed it. He, he did it. That was the How many boys? Do you? You've had three this <laughs> oh, episode. Potential agony to complete ecstasy to the Imperial Death March of VAR. It had it all. I like how he put on Voyetza and um, another defender, Hamill, at that time point to cause a ruckus. I did not like that. Voyetza is a short, short defender. I would have seen... Anyone that was tall beyond rather than him. Because he's a small defender. At that yeah. stage, we needed one header and the game was over. Voitzer was small. I did not like that. <laughs> okay. Let's move on to vote. My three points were to Scott for having an amazing game. My two are for Duzel. He had an amazing game. My one point is to DP. I'll do, uh, Leb had Scott for three, Dimmer for two, Duzel for one. Jay had Scott for three, DP for two, Dimmer for one. I had, uh, you know, Scott for three. I had Parise for two. You know, he did score the goal. He made a lot of good runs, so couldn't hate on him. Giselle, it was really hard between him and DP. I only gave the two votes to DP because he scored the goal. So my three, Scott, obviously, it's just a given. My two is Duzel. Again, I think everyone's covered it well. Um, my one, I really wanted to give it to Pierre, but I'm going to give it to Dimmer just simply because, A, I've been mar- marking him too harshly, and B, I think he was the catalyst for finally breaking through. Um, but special mention to DP, who I thought was fantastic. I'm glad to see the four players getting amongst the votes this week. Oh, yeah. I'd definitely like to give a special mention to Wales for all his, all his runs forward. Yeah, he was and, amazing. And Uzcock in that centre-back thing. Out of So far this year, he has nailed that centre-back, to my, to my view, better than anyone else this season. Ryan Scott is winning at 39. Tomoki Amai, 38. Elizondo Diamante, third on 34. DP, 31. Ika, 27. Sanchez, sixth on 26. Kurto, seventh on 25. Yeah. Surprised to see, not surprised and also surprised to see Ryan Scott. Um, He's had a big two week. (laughs) On Saturday, West United take the first trip to Campbelltown Stadium to face MacArthur Bulls. We're currently fifth with five wins, two draws, five losses, one of which was against us in Ballarat, and we got four past them. How do you think this play out? Um, it'll be interesting. MacArthur are like that 50-50 game. Yeah. They, they, they don't even know how they play. They're either up or they're down, and we managed to get them when they're down, so it'll be interesting to see it at the moment. Grand. I feel it's going to be a draw. I've yeah. just got this, I've got this like two-all type draw. It really depends, because you know, ringing all those fucking stupid cowbells is really going to get... get 
give quite a few players a headache. So it'll be interesting how it goes. But I hear it's cheaper to buy a ticket for MacArthur than it is to buy an away ticket. Uh, if you're planning to go to the game, thank you, Ron. If you're planning to go to the game for Western United end, uh, go get some tickets to the bullpen. It is $20 cheaper to get a membership for MacArthur than it is to buy away, uh, away tickets. That's how pathetic MacArthur are. And before you say it, it is 100% MacArthur choosing these prices at these tickets. They are the only club in the A-League, surprisingly, that do not offer away clubs free tickets to families or anything yeah. like that. Like, you know, you go to any other club in the A-League and they give, you know, they give other clubs away tickets, you know, for families and, and things like that. MacArthur is the only club in the A-League that charge every single ticket to the away team. Yeah, and the other thing I find is even their price for their fans is quite exorbitant compared to everyone else. And they're alienating their own fa- their own fan base. The western Sydney suburbs of Sydney isn't the richest yeah. area. You're damaging your own fan base. Yeah, and, yeah. and they, they need help because yeah. they suck. Do you think we'll line up the same as this week? Not no, the same. I, I think best will be back I in. We'll Dale will be back to in. the old school ways. Yeah, but I think we will have a lot more subs. Yeah, I think we'll be very sub heavy, uh, as we've discussed in the past. Uh, anything else you'd like to say about this game? Scoreline, Scott. MacArthur one now. Ah, uh, two one. I've just got the two all draw. I've just got that. Well, I hate to say, head. I just see Macarthur at home. Three to us. So we're all going different. Only one of us can win. Okay. Uh, so moving on to the uh, the tipping competition, tracks A tracks coming first on thirty two points. Look at Scott second on twenty nine. Uh, Smootball is coming third on twenty seven. I am coming fourth on twenty seven. So I'm tied third with WHCS. Mongoose forty D is coming sixth. Uh, Gazi's coming ninth. Good work, buddy. Uh, Amelia's down to 11th Jay and Leb are 13th, 14th Where are you, Kelsey? Uh, ESPN fan 56841 Coming 16th The rumour mill uh, I believe we are going to be taking on Melbourne City On the 1st Day before Good Friday So, you know, it's a night game everyone can go to No one can work the next day Because Good Friday restrictions um, So I recommend as many people, fans that can get out Go out and Exactly. Watch the game. I would like to take a moment to thank our sponsors, Glowpair. Glowpair makes self-watering planters for people of all skill levels. I recently replanted some spring onion, and it's going really good. I've got some tomatoes on the tomato plant you gave me. They're going really good. They are about to launch the new year-round uh, mini sprouter pack, which is really good. I highly recommend it. It's got some seasonal seeds, some core packs. And some nutrient. So really get in there. Check it out. www.glowpair.com.au for Australian listeners. And for our international fans, go to www.glowpair.com. And yeah, get in contact with them if they don't currently ship to your country. I'd also like to give a a shout out to a friend of the pod, another sponsor of the podcast, Ghazi Photography. Ghazi does all sorts of photography. We highly recommend getting in touch. Go check out at Ghazi Photography. On Facebook, we'll link in the podcast as well. Uh, check it out; great photography. Is there anything else you'd like to say for Carded? Through you, Amy. Actually, Park. yeah, Amy Park. Yeah, red card, Amy Park. I, I, to be honest, I could have gone Sunday, and I didn't feel like dealing with the police at me. I didn't. That negated my want I'd, to go. Yeah, like you know, Sunday nights are already tough. Time mm. slot as it is, with all that added 
restrictions and limitations. Look, I understand some limitations and restrictions given the world we now live in, mm. but the heavy police presence and all of that, I just, no. I think that that's it for us. Don't forget to like and subscribe on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Make sure you leave us a comment on iTunes pod- or yeah, whatever. iTunes Don't forget to check that. out A-League Live. Check out A-League Live. Love on the app. We get all our stats from there. They're a great, great tool. Promotion of all the team's podcasts. Yeah, Check out all the other podcast support, grassroots support, whatever your team may be. Recommend us to a friend. Make Write yeah. a comment. I want to see comments. I haven't seen none besides the three Salty Virgins and myself. Yeah, that's and yeah, the one about Blast Beats. Oh, there's another. Oh, nice. Yeah, Maybe like about Bla- Blast Beats, but I'll take it. Fingers crossed we go well this weekend. All West, aren't we? All West, aren't we? All West, aren't we? All West, aren't we? <laughs>